Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back, and I've uh, been looking forward to our next guest. Mark uh, Tapson's with us. He's a fellow uh, on popular culture there at the uh, Horowitz Freedom Center. And you can go truthrevolt.org uh, is the website, truthrevolt, R-E-V-O-L-T, dot org. And uh, you can check out their website there and um, support what they do. Mark, good to see you. Thanks for your time. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing pretty well so far. How about you? Good, good. We call it Friday Eve around here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you wrote a most interesting article. Your um, your title was brilliant. The left loves humanity but hates people. Uh, explain to us what you are trying to communicate here. Well, that's a kind of an intentionally provocative title. Uh, I thought it might get people's attention. The, the larger point that I'm trying to make with this article, which is kind of focused on uh, these ecological environmentalist activists who use social disruption as a tactic for for uh, uh, for their political intentions, is that the left loves to view people in a sort of an abstract way. They love humanity in the abstract. But when it comes down to actual individual people, <laughs> Uh, their politics is more important than people. And so that, that's the larger point I'm trying to make. I mean, you can, you know, one, one big example is uh, you look at, at uh, some of these totalitarian countries like, uh, you know, the People's Republic of China, the People's Republic of North Korea. Well, it sounds like they care about the people. You know, it's the People's Republic, right? But the irony is that these, uh, that these countries are... Uh, so totalitarian that they have led to, you know, the the misery and deaths and murders of millions and millions of people over the years. So, uh, so the left, in, in its, in a way, loves humanity but hates actual human beings. I guess a question that I'm having a hard time getting an answer to, maybe you can feed into it a little bit, is in light of the fact that the left exists in the greatest country on earth, why do they hate it? Well, that's that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? I mean, it, it really goes back to the Marxist influence, the communist influence that still drives today's left. Uh, Marx wanted to demolish or destroy the capitalist West because he felt that capitalism was essentially slavery and he wanted to create a collectivist society where uh, there would be no poverty, it would eliminate all social ills, uh, everyone could live in a kind of a collectivist harmony. And so in order to do that, um, the aim is to destroy all the existing standards, all the existing institutions and values of the Western world, uh, not just capitalism, but um, abolish the, the nuclear family, for example. Um, so it, it, this kind of neo-Marxism that still uh, powers the left is really the impulse behind everything they do. It's The, the aim is not just to save the planet, for example, to put it in environmentalist terms, but the aim is to create a society uh, that is collectivist, that's not capitalist, um, and 
so to do that, you know, it, it requires destroying everything that exists. As I said before, our standards, our uh, our institutions, our social institutions, our economy, everything must be torn down uh, to to pave the way for this collectivist utopia that they want to build on top of the ruins of the capitalist West. Uh, it's a very utopian worldview, which is. Uh, not the worldview of conservatives. Conservatives, generally speaking, understand the reality, the human reality, that we are all broken, fallen beings, and that we cannot socially engineer a perfect society for ourselves because we ourselves are not perfect. Um, but this utopian impulse that drives the left um, is it, it's it's. It's really a sort of a, a religious cult in a way. Uh, they fervently believe that they can engineer a society without racism, without crime, without poverty, without any of these uh, human ills. And the problem with that is that the big problem is that utopian dreams like this always lead to a dystopian nightmare. Everywhere that this kind of social engineering is is implemented, and uh, that's mostly in communist countries and societies, yeah. everywhere that it's implemented, it just leads to massive death and misery. You know, for so long, uh, Mark, we considered what we're experiencing today as being hearsay and conspiracy, and today now it's in our face. And uh, there, there's something I always try to say to keep my own brain, <laughs> I guess, equal is that I come to the realization that one party has created this mess and then it turned around and blames us for doing it. So in other words, they're mm -hmm. blaming us for what they do, which is so ironic, but there is an awakening. But do you think at any point, does the left see that what they're trying to do to bait people ends up being a hook in their mouth and at the end of the day, they're a dead fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, projecting what you yourself are doing is is a major strategy of the left, projecting it onto your political opponents. You know, uh, claiming to be the defenders of democracy and claiming that uh, your opponents are totalitarians out to create a society that abolishes freedom. This is precisely what the left is doing, and it's what the left is guilty of. Um, but that's it, it's a way of constantly staying on the offense. You'll notice that the left never stops to defend itself. They never uh, uh, explain themselves. They never defend themselves. They're constantly playing offense, uh, which always puts conservatives on the defense. We're always having to, uh, you know, defend ourselves from these accusations. We're always having to say, no, I'm not racist, or uh, yes, I favor free speech. We're constantly playing defense. And so this is, it's a very clever and ultimately winning strategy on the left's part to, to use that kind of relentless projection of what you're doing onto your opponents. Okay, where does I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. Where does people of faith come into the equation? Why is it so that the people of faith now are slowly becoming number one target for the left's movement? Can you explain that? Okay, yes, that's another $64,000 question. We live now in a society, we've lived for a long while in the West, in a society that you could call increasingly secular. 
I think it's now gone beyond that to to a sort of a neo-paganism. I don't think we live in a. I don't think that people of of faith live in a secular society anymore. I think we live in a neo-pagan society, uh, and that that may be taking me a little too far afield from your question. But the point uh, of your question that Christians tend to be targets of the left is because people of faith are a threat to this collectivist utopia that I talked about. People of faith uh, and their values, the Judeo-Christian values that drive us, all of that is a threat to the left. It's an obstacle to their Marxist, atheist um, aim of creating a collectivist society where um, there will be no God, uh, there won't be any churches, the state will be our God. The state will be our, our, our Heavenly Father. And uh, and and so that that will be the religion. Poly, I mean, if if you look at these people, you know they many of them, many of the left are atheists or claim to be atheists, but they're not really atheists. They have a religion, and it is social justice activism. That's their religious imperative. But Christians are increasingly targeted. We're the most uh, persecuted religion on the planet, and certainly. You know, the persecution in places like Nigeria or China are just immeasurably worse than in the West, for example. But still, we're being targeted with what a couple of Christian, a couple of, sorry, conservative writers have called um, uh, soft totalitarianism. Mm. In other words, it's not a totalitarianism where the, the, um, secret police come to your house in the middle of the night and take you away. But it's a soft totalitarianism where, in fact, Christians are increasingly demonized and marginalized in the culture. You can see that happening all over. You can see it in Hollywood and the music industry, everywhere in the culture. Uh, And in education, for example, and not just in institutions of higher learning, but all the way down to pre-K now. Um, In the news media, Christians are always demonized and gradually marginalized. Uh, we're considered, you know, we're, we're often called the, the threat of the evangelical right or the far, you know, far right Christians. They, they always call us uh, far right as if we're the extremists. Um, and uh, so it's, it's very alarming. Christians really must wake up. Um, those of us who think that maybe we can avoid getting in the dirty game of politics, or maybe yeah. we can turn backs on the culture and ignore it and it will go away. It's way too late for that. Christians have to understand what's happening in the culture, and the culture is really where it all begins, not not in politics. The politics flows downstream from culture, as uh, uh, the late, great Andrew Breitbart was fond of saying. So it's all in the culture where you can see Christians being targeted, and that's where we have to push back is in the culture. Okay. Uh, One other question before I take a break here, and that is this. Uh, uh, This isn't statistically accurate. I'm just trying to give you an overview from what I'm sensing and feeling in people that I talk to. But there are a lot of people on the left that don't believe what the extreme left is doing. They're just stuck in a party. It's called the Democrats. And uh, from what I understand, and these are just formations of things that I've looked at, I would say that 70% of the Democrats don't want to go where the extreme Democrats are going, but they are loyal to this party and they can't get elected without it. And when it comes down to the issue of faith 
and nature and nature's God, they're trapped. They don't really want to go down this road themselves. That's why 73% of them don't want to see Biden reelected. <laughs> I mean, am I looking at this right? I mean, just staying away from all the other countries, just the Democratic Party in America seems to be divided among itself, but yet this 30% is controlling the agenda. Well, the far left has been controlling the Democrat Party for a long while now, many years now. Um, I used to be a Democrat uh, not that many years ago, but I was I was probably one of the 70 or so percent that you mentioned where I was not far left. I wasn't even very political. Um, I tended to ignore politics as much as possible. And I simply lived in this uh, Democrat bubble where I didn't know any conservatives. I literally did not know any conservatives. Uh, and where uh, there's a kind of a lockstep uniformity of belief. And uh, I, finally I woke up, and that's a whole long story in itself, but finally I woke up to what was happening politically and what my party had become, and I realized that the far left was driving everything now. Uh, this 70% that you mentioned that may or may not go along with what the, the radicals want, uh, they're pulled along because, you know, it, it's, it's very, very difficult to break out of the bubble that you live in, even if you start to doubt it, even if you begin to have doubts uh, and independent thoughts. It's very hard because the consequences for people on the left to challenge what their party is doing, the social consequences are extreme. You will find yourself ostracized at best if you try to break free of the Democrat plantation, especially if you are a minority member, especially if you're a black conservative, for example, the social pressure from your community to, to, to go along with what the party line is, is intense. And also, people on the left, even the moderates, are reluctant to even contemplate the idea that they might vote Republican because Republicans have been so demonized in the culture that we're, we're considered a bunch of knuckle-dragging racists, you know, we're, we're considered just the worst human beings possible. So even moderates on the left are reluctant to ever perceive themselves as anything other than yeah. a Democrat. You know, to that point, isn't it interesting how they are absolutely coming down on RFK Jr. when actually he represents what the left used to be? Uh, yeah, well, RFK. I mean, he's an interesting, he's an interesting character. He's thrown, uh, you know, something new into the mix, which is a Democrat who comes across like an old school liberal uh, Democrat, which right. is what I used to be. Right. Right. And that's just you can see from the way the left has targeted him that he is a serious threat to their uniformity of belief and their uniformity of radical uh, politics. Um, so that yes, yeah, so. Yeah. He is, um, yeah. he's, a, you know, he's, he's an enigma. <laughs> yes, he's almost as evil as Trump is to them because uh, yeah. uh, they, they can't have uh, dissension within the ranks. All right, let me take a break here, Mark, because I have a, a, another question along this line that I want to get to you. By the way, you may want to check out his article, Mark's article. It's called uh, The Left Loves Humanity But Hates People. And you go to truthrevolt.org. Mark is a uh, fellow there at the popular culture, uh, dealing with the popular culture at the Horowitz Freedom Center. We'll be right back. 
We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Mark Tapton's with us today. He's a fellow on popular culture there at the uh, Horowitz Freedom Center. And the website is truthrevolt.org, truthrevolt.org. By the way, Mark, is that where they can read your article? Actually, that's kind of a, a, an old website that was part of, uh, of the family of websites under the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Really the best place to go, the flagship website for the David Horowitz Freedom Center is frontpagemag.com. Okay, thank you. All right, so frontpagemag.com, and there they can also read the article that says, The Left Loves Humanity But Hates People, there by Mark Tapson. Mark, I want to come back to another subject that you have written extensively on, and that is the uh, sexual indoctrination of our children. Uh, and the left has done a lot of crazy things, but this is the one that's got everybody on tilt and maybe has woken up Mama Bear. This could be the this could be the one that says no, 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 right, we're 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 not going here, and the pushback has begun. We've seen it where parents there are domestic terrorists. We're seeing where Catholics are considered domestic terrorists. Uh, people starting to push back on this. But it seems to me this is the one thing that's not only against nature and nature's God, but it's got families standing up and saying no. What's your take? Okay, well, this is a very serious issue. Um, gender ideology is now, I believe, the, the tip of the spear of the Marxist, of the cultural Marxist assault on our society. For many decades, uh, I think feminism could have been called the tip of the spear of the cultural Marxist assault on our society. But then now it's, it's narrowed down to gender ideology itself. And the point of, of the left's gender ideology is ultimately the eradication of the family, because that's what Karl Marx called for explicitly, the abolition of the nuclear family. Um, gender ideology is a way for them to break down slowly but surely our concept of what it means to be male and female, uh, and therefore mother and father or daughter and son. Uh, it's a way of breaking down those categories and redefining them out of existence. Uh, because if you can if, if you can uh, inculcate in young people this notion that everything is socially constructed, that there is no natural order, that there is no God's natural order, as you put it, but everything is socially constructed, then therefore everything can be deconstructed and reconstructed in a way that will uh, uh, socially engineer the utopian society that I talked about earlier. So the aim of gender ideology is to wipe out any notion of mother and father, um, daughter and son, and to make the family more of a collectivist entity. Uh, the sexualization that you're talking about is also part of, of the strategy of gender ideology, because if you can 
inculcate, as I said before, if you can implant this idea in in the very impressionable minds of very, very young children, if you can begin to uh, implant in their minds the notion that they are sexual beings, um, then it sexualizes them. It sexualizes their entire worldview. It makes them think of themselves as sexual beings and not spiritual beings. Uh, it makes sex. It makes their sexuality or their quote unquote gender uh, the the main marker of their personal identity. Uh, and in a way, that's very appealing to young people today. You know, young people are always. I mean, they always kind of look for ways to rebel, and. Um, this notion that they might have their own special gender and, and be attracted uh, to different uh, gender identities, uh, it's appealing to them because it makes them feel special and unique. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's a very seductive way of, of sucking young children into this gender ideology and into the leftist ideology in, in the larger sense. Okay, so not only are parents pushing back and the culture is realizing that this is just against nature, for those, for those of us who are people of faith, it's against nature's God. But the big, big picture, let's just fast forward. and Let's say they create their, their socialist utopia. Sooner or later, this lifestyle will be completely extinguished because it was used as a bait to convert the culture, but in itself is, is not tolerated in these types of societies. It's not tolerated in China. It's not tolerated in North Korea. It's not tolerated in Russia. I mean, it, we're, we're, kill, we're, we're allowing him to get involved in something that will kill him. Yes, I mean the ultimate aim is power, uh, and you you can't socially engineer a utopia without enforcing it at some point. Because as I mentioned before, people are not perfect; they have to be forced <laughs> to be perfect. They have to be forced to behave in certain ways uh, to try to create a utopia. So that's why I said utopian dreams quickly become dystopian nightmares. Because uh, uh, once you try to socially engineer this this collectivist society, it quickly becomes totalitarian. And uh, and then you have to maintain control because the people in power uh, are not going to give that up, of course. Um, but the, to, to get to your point about uh, parents fighting back, yes, I think this is one thing that's really awakened a lot of parents uh, to what the to what's going on in the left and what's happening to their children. I mean, the, if anything good could be said to come out of the pandemic, it's that uh, that sort of woke many, many parents up to what's going, what was going on in schools and what the teachers were all about and what their real focus was, because many, many teachers now are, are not teachers. They're social justice activists, and they had been implanting this gender ideology in their classrooms. Um, so it's, it's been outrageous, outraging, I should say, for a lot of parents, which is a positive thing. We need that. We need to push back. Um, but it's it's so deeply ingrained in the culture now uh, that that's going to be hard to push back against. And so that's why, as uh, you mentioned before, parents 
Concerned parents are now being labeled as domestic terrorists. They're being considered threats. You've got a lot of, of these social justice activist teachers who say, your children belong to us, not to you. We're the experts. You're just the parents. We spend more time with your children than you do. We know them better. It's the, the cultural uh, um, uh, onslaught, the cultural narrative now that concerned parents have to deal with is, is pretty firmly in place. Uh, and, and so that's what we're up against, is struggling against this cultural narrative that's reinforced everywhere you look, in the media, in schools, in entertainment. Um, so yes, we, you've awakened, they've awakened mama bear, as you said, yeah. um, but it's still gonna be an uphill battle. Okay, but it, I, I'm not hearing you say that it's in Penetrable. In other words, we can't break through this. I mean, we can break through this, and there is an yes. awakening, right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I would even say that we, at this point, we've got the momentum, um, and so that's definitely a positive thing. But we're we're coming late to the game. Um, conservatives, you know, have been have kind of turned our backs on the culture for many, many years, and with you know good reason. Uh, but meanwhile, the left used that time to uh, to take control of every aspect of the culture. So uh, we're now, um, we're not really fighting a culture war at this point. We're fighting a culture insurgency, and we're the insurgents. Um, and so, as I said, it's an uphill battle, but by no means is it impossible. And uh, I think there's cause, in fact, for optimism. Okay, so... Um... Basically, what you're sharing with us here, Mark, is the underlining motivation that's being not only played out in education, which is huge, being, it's being supported by the media, but it mm -hmm. is the driving force behind the political effort, right? Yes. Um, you can see in, for example, the Biden administration, you can see that one of their primary, if not their primary, foreign policy objectives is to spread the LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, uh, ideology around the world, which is something that other cultures don't want, and they're resisting it, especially in places like Africa, which is why a lot of African countries are beginning to look toward China uh, rather than to the United States, because China doesn't try to push this um, gender ideology onto them. So yeah, it's, it's a driving factor in the current administration. Um, it, it's a major part of their ideological aims in, uh, under Biden. Okay, so my last question before I run out of time is, uh, given, given what you're explaining here, uh, the hypocrisy of the left who loves humanity but hates people, uh, it seems to me just fundamentally and spiritually this collapses. This this collapse. It, it, you don't you don't break God's laws. God's laws break you. Covenant keepers win. Covenant keepers lose. I mean, sooner or later this thing collapses because the history shows that it collapses. Right? Uh, yes, but uh, at the same time, history also shows that we can go through periods of terrible, terrible persecution of people of faith, and that uh, you know we have to we, we have to play the long game, but also we have to keep our faith and our optimism and play the long game. But we also have to be prepared uh, to fight back in tough times. Yeah. 
All right, let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, Mark is, uh, he's a fellow on the uh, popular culture there at the Horowitz uh, Freedom Center. You can go to frontlinemag.com is the website, frontlinemag.com, and uh, be informed. It's very, very resourceful, by the way. And you can also check out his article where he writes the article, The Left Loves Humanity but hates people. Mark, you're fascinating. Let's stay connected. I don't know where all this is going to go, but you got great insight. And uh, thank we'll, you. It was fun. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. Have a great day. God bless. Good. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.